0: hello hello you are listening to why the world needs you podcast hosted by me benjamin fritz this podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be the journey is difficult and the challenges are many but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable the objective of this show is to give you a safe supportive space to learn gain inspiration and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be Why the world needs you is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction sharing your authentic self with the world as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz. And today I have on Lissa Scott, owner of Maximum Potency, entrepreneur, athlete, Uh, also the owner of the Maximum Potency podcast, and just straight-up ripper of life. Alyssa, thank you so much for being on.
1: Absolutely. Stoked to be here.
0: So I kind of like starting these conversations by like how we connected. And I don't know if you remember, but I actually found you through Rick Alexander, who I'd had on my podcast um, sometime last year amazing guy uh just you know for me a lot of times in this industry I find that there aren't a lot of coaches that I really look up to and that's not to talk shit about anybody that's just to say like I don't really have a lot of people in the industry who I feel who I kind of like want to aspire to and so a friend recommended Rick and I just loved his stuff and then I you guys had a podcast together and immediately it was like oh my god I love love Alyssa's or excuse me Lisa's energy uh and just the, our stories felt so resonant to me, like so similar. You come 100%. from a fitness background. That's where I come from. So I want to talk about all the things here. But first and foremost, let's start with you and just give the, the people here a little bit of your story and your background. How did you come to doing the things that you are now?
1: Yeah, so... um As a kid, I always wanted to be an artist and an author, like when I was four and five years old, that is what I told my mom, like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. And so um, as I was finishing up high school, I went to college for graphic design, integrative media, it was photo, video, entrepreneurship, web design, print design, like all rolled into one. And I love the creative skill set. Really felt like I had a natural knack for it, like was constantly winning these like little mini awards in college and things. Um, So came out at the top of the program, graduated, got a job in the ski and snowboard industry. So like a cool job, quote unquote. And I had interned at a ski resort during college. So like the resume was just kind of headed in that direction of the outdoor sport world. I thought even I might go work for a brewery. Like, I always wanted to be like a a cool, artsy, um, outdoorsy type of graphic designer. I didn't, I knew I didn't want to go super, super corporate like in my job. So, fast forward, I worked that graphic design job out of college for a year and a half. I realized, yo, I can't live in a cubicle. How did I not realize this sooner? Well, in college, everything's in two, three, four hour spurts. You're not in a cubicle for eight hours a day. So you could love what you're doing and not um, realize that maybe the lifestyle isn't going to be conducive to your happiness. So along that, I also had gotten super into CrossFit. So like rush, rush. And I mean, like I would get to work at seven, not take a lunch, work till three, leave at like three Oh five, like as soon as I could drive to the gym and spend like two or three hours in the gym. And I was pretty unhappy. And the unhappiness like kept getting worse. I was also in a toxic relationship at the time where my partner hated CrossFit and that just created so much um, tension between us because like we were always frowning at one another for one reason or another. And so somewhere along the lines, we broke up and I was still training at this gym and I decided that I was going to quit my job. I quit my job and broke with my boyfriend like all in the same three months. And so we thought we were going to travel. We didn't travel. This will all be relevant at the end, I promise. Um, And I ended up with no job. I ended up with no boyfriend and no plan. So from there, I'm going to really fast forward this part of the story for time's sake, but I could speak to that for an hour all on its own is what that chapter was like. A lot of digging, a lot of sifting, a lot of what do I do now? And someone at the gym told me, Yo, you should go get your CrossFit certification, And I was like, well, CrossFit coaches don't make any money. And she said to me, respectfully, you don't make any money. Like you're not happy anyway. So you might as well be broke and happy. So I got my CrossFit certification, started building an online fitness business. Fast forward again, we're now broader than fitness. We're mind, body, soul coaching. We're doing fitness is like a sliver of what I do these days instead of the meat and potatoes. And I feel super aligned and I'm not working a cubicle anymore. I'm about to go travel full time. So that's my story in a, two minute, three minute version, um, little long winded, but there's a lot there. So
0: amazing. Yeah, no, I love that. You did a pretty good job. Actually. I feel like I'm terrible when it comes to nutshell versions of my story It just started like rambling. Um, so you did, you did really well. Uh, and like you said, man, so much to impact there. Um, I think one of the, just because you just kind of mentioned at the end there, the thing that really sticks out to me, and was really resonant with me kind of like in my period of like trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, sitting in my cub- cubicle being like, this isn't the life that I want to live. Um, having, you know, being super into fitness at the time and having that realization of like, Oh, like, you know, because essentially what I came to through again, like you said, you know, condensing the process of like, who am I, what am I doing? What do I want? The thing that was really at the root of it for me. It was like, I just want to be doing something that feels meaningful. I want to be helping people. Mm-hmm. I want to be like on the ground. And so personal training kind of fit perfectly as that thing at the time. But I had that same exact thought where it was like, oh, well, but you know, personal trainers don't make any money or like that was never kind of like put out there to me as like a, a quote unquote real job, real job. right? Yeah. It's like, I I literally... Lisa, I literally, ha- I don't know if you've experienced this at all or in your life, but I had personal training clients ask me, what are you going to do later in your life? Or like, when are you going to mm-hmm. get a real job? Like people that I've been training forever. So it's just like really interesting. But the point of that was just to say that uh, I, that the, the money thing is a big factor, right? And, and that was yeah. it for me in terms of like pushing through college. So I'm curious for you how you were able to push past that money thing. Like, was that easy for you? Was that difficult? How was that part of your process?
1: No, I would say that my relationship with money has been one of the hardest things I've had to work through and I'm still working through. Um, first we question if we're ever going to be successful and then we are, and then we have to manage that. Right. And so our problems just get upgraded as we start to progress in our life. But, um, I wanna say my corporate job was pretty easy to walk away from. I was making $2,000 a month there and I was spending 40 hours of time. And I knew that I could find a lucrative side hustle like waitressing, which is what I ended up doing um, to make the same amount of money in less hours and then have more time to dump into the passion and the impact part of my life. So they were segmented. It was like waitressing was pay the bills and help other people and do what I'm passionate about was CrossFit and coaching and being in the gym and building this thing that I really wasn't sure if would work but I knew for a fact that I could let go of that job and not miss it and not regret it. And so I was in a place where I was like, this definitely isn't the answer. So let me go try something else. Um, And like I said, I knew, I knew that I could scrap, like I had seven little part-time jobs at one point that were like combining to pay the bills. And I ended up actually having like more money with less working hours. So I was like, that was a win, right? Even if I did nothing else than hang out at the gym, I was only working like 15 or 20 hours a week and I was making that same two or three grand. So it was kind of like that part itself, that transition was actually kind of easy because it was a no brainer. It wasn't like I was making 60 or 70 K and I'm happy. Right.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, it's super interesting because that is actually different than my story because my story was exactly what you just said. And I was, you know, I was two years into the job it was like, so my degree is in computer science and I was, mm-hmm. you know, a, a field that has a lot of potential and high ceilings in terms of pay and things like that. So I was making, and you know, I'd just gotten a raise at the end of my second year, I was making 70K. And so it was difficult to step away from that and be like, you know, there's just so much comfort in that. Um, but in terms of what you did, I think it's really interesting because uh, I don't know, and I'm curious to get your take on this part too is a lot of what I hear from people that I work with or people when they're even not that I work with but who are asking me questions about my journey and how I've gone about things is but don't you worry about not having all together or oh I feel like I don't have it all together and so like what you're saying you worked a handful of part-time jobs and you're you're making more money and that's awesome it's For the people that I've come in contact with, for the most part, there's this idea of I need to have one job. I need to have an identity. I need to have something that is very straightforward and clear. And if I'm working three or four or seven part-time jobs, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't have my shit together. And that's not respectable.
1: Yeah. So there's two thoughts that are coming to mind. And number one, I'm going to walk you through what was said to me that led me to the moment of quitting my job where I was like, duh. And the other thing is um, just a sense of willingness. Like if you want something bad enough or if you don't want something bad enough, right? Like if you're like, I hate this, then you are probably already willing to go work two or three or four part-time jobs. And just to clarify, only two of those seven were like clock-in jobs. I had a direct sales thing that I did for an MLN company. I had babysitting. I had like selling stuff on eBay. Like it wasn't go-to seven jobs it was seven little streams of income that I like pieced together to make, make it work quote unquote. But as far as having it all together, I looked at my job situation. I heard the words, you're never getting a raise. (laughs) I heard the words, you have no more promotions to get. I had gotten three promotions in 18 months. So they were out of a promotion to give me. And, um, I heard myself going, you're not even happy. Right. And so like, for me, I totally didn't have it together, but what I was telling myself was like, quit the job, go scrap for a little while. You know, you're willing to scrap, right. Piece it all together. And you can always go get another job. You still have a degree. You still have a resume. So what if you take six months off and this doesn't work? So I started playing the game of, can I make rent? I call it the, can I make rent game? Right. And so like three, I saved three months expenses before I quit. I paid my rent for three months. So I had 90 days to come up with just one month of rent, gave myself that cushion. And then, um, you know, I made rent April, May, June. I made rent again, August, September, September. I started to celebrate. I was like, oh man, it's working, <laughs> right? And we, uh, we did a little happy dance and, and I started waitressing and then it became predictable working. And then it was like, okay, not can I make an income? The question then became, how do I want to make an income? And when you ask, how do I want to make an income? It's hard also not to ask yourself, how do I want to make an impact? And so Mm -hmm. those two questions for me went hand in hand after a year of literally just doing whatever. It was like, I needed that non-structured life because K through 12, right? It's like, go, (laughs) go here, go here, go here, here, check this box, go to college, do that. And I was a high performance like student. I graduated summa it was not, um, you know, go to college, party, and, like, hope I get a three zero and leave. Like, it was, like, all out. So I feel like I needed that year. 2020 hindsight, that year should have been between high school and college, like, a gap year. But I needed that year of, like, okay, if I don't want to work on Tuesday, I'll just get somebody to cover the restaurant shift, and I'll go hiking. Like, I needed that year of not being somebody, if that makes sense. Because I had mm. been somebody for so many years that it was, like, I don't really care what you have to say about it because y'all are miserable and you're working jobs and you got dark circles on <laughs> your eyes because you like hate your life. Like y'all look stuck to me is what I was saying to those around me. And I just had to hold my vision of like, this is going to work out. I'm going to find something I enjoy a lot more. And at the end of the day, like my parents were like, if you, if you can't pay your rent, like you can live here for a year. Like, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be out on the street. And I feel like that's a lot of people we're fortunate enough that where it might suck, but you're not going to like actually starve if it doesn't work. You just have to have a plan. And I think it's really important to like have that set amount of time of I'm going to try it for six months, or I'm going to try it for a year to keep the pressure under you so that you're not just spiraling into um, low life re, right? You're not like living in your parents' basement till God knows when doing nothing and like working at you know, 7-Eleven or something like that's not going to lead to a life of fulfillment. So being intentional with your wandering, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I I love that. I think for a lot of people, they just like that story in their head, that fear story is way louder than it should be. Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, like they just, they feel this deep-rooted fear of like, I'm going to end up on the streets. I'm going to be nobody. I'm not going to have anything. When really, you know, a lot of times I'll just ask people straight up. I'm like, what are the chances of that actually happening? And for most people, the answer is, okay, well, it wouldn't. Because (laughs) like, you know, the people that you and I are talking to and most people out there are like intelligent, resourceful individuals. And what I find from people And what I'm, you know, a lot of what I was hearing from you is that you did a ton of creative problem solving. Like that's, that's Mm -hmm. what so much of the process was, was you were essentially like, I don't like this. I'm not happy. This isn't working for me. I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And I just see so many people get stuck right away at step Mm. one, be like, this isn't working. What do I do? And they're just, they can't even go into that creative problem solving mode because they're so stuck at stuck like, they're the just paralyzed that. by fear, right? Like they're just yeah. stuck in that place. And it's, it's hard to see. Right. And, and I know you've seen this Oh, it's too. so hard
1: to watch. Yeah. It's so hard to watch. And I think one of the big questions I was asking myself was what's the cost of staying here? Yeah. When you, when you hear things like you're never getting another raise, you're like, Hmm, the cost of staying here might be more taxing than the cost of leaving and uh you know i had people tell me you're throwing your career away i had people tell me you're going to have a gap in your resume and i was like for what right and so like i just i had to dissociate from society standards in that way i also like this shouldn't go unmentioned i was shopping at aldi and grocery outlet not whole foods in that chapter i was so, living so simply my monthly expenses were $1200 a month mm. like i told myself if you can't cover your expenses right now and be a good steward of what you've been given, AKA not go to the mall and buy shoes because you want to, um, then like you deserve to not have everything you need because what you need is so minimal. I didn't have college debt. I had a car that was paid off. I was like, okay, so if I can't pay rent, utilities and groceries and my phone bill, we have a bigger problem, right? Because then I'm not managing money. Well, so like, live simply as you can if you're in a chapter where you're trying to transition and, and realize how little it takes. Like That's the other thing I would say to the fear is like, mm. I wasn't going on vacation. I was watching all my friends move into houses, go on like these Caribbean vacations while I was taking a, a down step or a, or a sidestep to like be happier. And it wasn't linear. It looked like I was downgrading. It looked like I was broke. It looked like it wasn't working for so long. Like, I can remember just being like, oh my God, like, how long does this chapter last? Because I was kind of like not wanting out, like, I knew it would be worth it, but that fear of what is it costing me? And then, like, what is it costing those who love me? Like, my mom doesn't want to see me stay in a job I'm miserable in. My sisters don't deserve to see me stay in a job I'm miserable in. That's not the story I wanted to write. So, what, you know, what are the chances of it actually happening? What is it costing me? And what, what is it costing those I love to stay where I'm at? That is what helped me like psh, kick the fear because I was just like, well, let's let's try it, you know?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I think what's so like interesting about what you said too is like it immediately, uh, you know, obviously it resonates with me and it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm totally on board with that. But for so many people, because you depicted it beautifully, you're like, it looked like I was broke. It looked like I was struggling. It looked like this. My friends were out, you know, buying houses, getting married, having kids, kind of this American dream. Right. And I think, or I know that so many people get stuck in that place of they cannot shed the the two pieces of it. They can't shed the fact that they think they still want that When Mm -hmm. they they really don't, but they just haven't gotten to the place where they haven't they haven't defined success for themselves, right? But the other part of it then is that they also haven't let go of the perception of themselves enough, and that's something that I'm hearing from you and for me was a big part of the process as well. Is like I was just so rooted in in happiness as kind of the end goal, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as like happiness and making an impact, doing meaningful work. Like, that's what I was rooted in. I've all like, I am 100% recovering people pleaser. Like I totally used mm-hmm. to be that person that would re- like worry about all those things that what other people thought of me, what, it, what I looked like. Uh, and as you said too, for yourself, uh, I was always high achieving as well, you know, did really well in school. I was really good at sports, like always kind of in that, upper echelon of like, I was used to what that felt like. Mm-hmm. And so to step back from that and be like, I just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> it takes a lot to get to that place. But once you do, it's really, really empowering. And that's like, what I'm hearing from you is like, you just didn't care because, and I think the, the final thing I'll, I'll mention here and throw it back to you is like, the idea of short-term sacrifices for a long-term goal i just see yeah. people struggling so hard with the idea of i need to sacrifice a little bit of happiness of money of time of whatever right now in support of this bigger goal that i have there's just so much fear and and the the people pleasing or perception aspect of that too so it's, it's interesting how kind of all those things can play a role in keeping somebody paralyzed.
1: A hundred percent. I thought it was a really good extraction from what I said to what you just said. It was beautiful. Um, Yeah. I think I was really rooted in a sense of self. I like lost my dad when I was 15. So figure I was 24 when I was like quitting this job and kind of being like, well, you know what I mean? And, and just really I'm not a people pleaser. So, I wasn't super attached to what other people thought. There was a few family members that I was like, "Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings because like they helped me get through school or felt like I owed certain people certain things just from a integrity standpoint, not like a debt standpoint." And that was a little bit tough to work through. You know, everybody at first was kind of like, "What are you doing?" And then of course you go through the thing as a new entrepreneur, where your parents think that you're just like playing like, oh yeah, she has this like side project she's doing. Like we don't really know how she was making money. Right. Like I never heard these things said, but that's like the vibe you start to get. And you're like, oh God, here we go. Right. You just kind of have to like keep grinding till it works. And so going back to what you said about short-term sacrifice for a long-term benefit is, you know, the couples and the friends that bought houses, got married, went on Caribbean vacations, like all the things I felt felt like I was missing out on quote unquote, not all of them, but most of them are now quote stuck at home, right? They have a kid or they have a mortgage or they, that's the other side of that coin. And the other side of my coin is like, I'm about to go full-time travel, live in a van slash Airbnbs, do whatever the heck I want, snowboard on a Tuesday, coach, not have a boss. And now they're all looking at me like I'm I'm not the crazy one anymore they're the crazy ones right like it's funny when the tables turn so if you cannot care and if you can forge your path like soon people are not saying what are you doing they're saying how did you do it and so like that shift that's empowering too when you watch it work and you want everyone around you watches it work like did you have this experience as well where you as you shifted more and more into your role people started to go like oh my god Ben like how did you do this? Right. I mean, that's what we're sitting here talking about. We're trying to give a little bit of the how, but it's just so cool. It's so cool when things come full circle or full earth circle.
0: Yeah. No, and and you're so right. And it's it's really having the patience to be able to do that and just to continue to stay rooted in what you want, what feels good to you. And what your vision is really, I think that's a big part of it too, is like, I've always, I, I mean, still to this very day, I know that people are like, oh, like what you said, kind of about the, oh, he's off playing. Like, what is he doing? Life coaching is not a real thing. Like, uh.
1: what's well, that getting into now? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: And, but it's like, I'm, I've am always been stubborn. So that's the first important part. I've always been stubborn. Um, mm. But it's, in this instance, stubborn in my vision. And and what I like, I'm just so clear on not exactly every single piece of it, but I'm very clear about the the general feel of what it is Mm -hmm. that I'm creating. And so it allows me to go in that direction and be rooted in that every single day, every time things are hard, because as we both know when you're in business for yourself, things are hard. It's not as sexy as it looks like on the outside. It's fucking tough, Mm -hmm. but having this there is just so important. And that's, at least for me, that's what's really helped get through again, the the hard moments, but especially the, the perception. And like you said that, you know, kind of the, the, the general vibe or the whisperings of like, Oh, like what is he doing? When is he going to come back down to earth and like do something normal
1: Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) And you just start to,
0: the more that you can stay rooted in that, like truly now the, like you were saying, the empowering piece for me as a recovering people pleaser is like for one of the first times in my life in the past like year or two, I, I truly don't care what other people think. And I truly don't care what other people are saying. And you, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you don't need to be in that place right away but you do need to start letting go of that as part of the process. Otherwise you're always going to be a slave to other people and their perceptions and what success looks like for others or what that looks like on paper. So I didn't really have a point to all that, but I was kind of responding (laughs) to what you were saying.
1: Yeah. My aunt, my aunt always says about the people pleasing thing. It's like at the end of the day, somebody's not going to be happy. Why make it you? Like why suffer at the cost of people pleasing, she's saying. So um, there's a fine line there between having healthy relationships and the give and take that goes with that. And then the slave mentality of like, I'm always at the will of someone else's opinion. And so, yeah, that's powerful, Ben. So powerful.
0: Yeah. So with all of this, we had kind of talked about the general theme or thing that we wanted to talk about around this podcast was standing your power and so I feel like we've kind of circumvented that a little bit so tell me what that means to you like what does it mean to stand in your power and own that
1: yeah so what you were just saying about vision and having your vision and and letting that be something that you come back to that's a part of it for me um but there's a step that's deeper than that for me and and it's the actual feeling the pull toward a certain thing And so, yeah, I have my vision. My vision is strong as heck. Uh, I encourage you guys that, you know, if your vision still sounds a little lofty, like my vision used to be like help women get fit. Right. But there's like, that's a dime a dozen on the internet. What was my actual vision was to help somebody create their ideal reality and then live that thing and address all of the things in between that might get in our way, a limiting belief or like not taking care of your body, right? Taking care of your body is a huge part to living out your, your dream in the fullest. And so that's kind of where the business has gone, but where I've gone is I stand in my power and I feel sure of myself and I feel confident. And there is a deep rooted knowing from my core that this is where I'm supposed to be because I was led here because God led me here or Mm -hmm. the universe led me here or however you like to think of it. For me, it's God, it's Jesus, but for somebody else, it might be more like the stars align and I saw this sign and it was the universe and my friend said this and however you get there, get there, but feel the pull and know that your life has a purpose and that you're here for a reason and leaning into that foundation is how I stand in my power. It's like, you can't tell me that God's purpose for my life is wrong. You literally, <laughs> like you can, but you'll, I'll laugh at you, you know? And so like that is, that goes for my parents, that goes for my Siblings, that goes for my cousins, friends, college friends, people I don't talk to on the internet that follow me. Like, you can't tell me that my purpose isn't my purpose. So, that is standing your power in a nutshell, right? The other thing is like, commit to that purpose, not just know it and feel it, but like, just because you know it doesn't mean you're living it. You might just be thinking about it. So, actually going, yo, I don't feel like doing this today, but I need to do this today. Because this is why I'm, literally, this is my bottom line. Literally, this is the top priority for the day. Like, doesn't actually matter if you feel like it. When you take on that mindset of like servant and you take on that mindset of humility, you take on the mindset of you will know them by their fruit. It starts to be really easy or easier or smoother. We'll say smoother, maybe not easier. It starts (laughs) to be really smoothly headed in a certain direction. And if you're wondering if it's relevant, it's probably not. Right. Like it just creates so much clarity when you can tap into that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's so good because a big piece of it really is making it bigger than you somehow, some way. And like you're saying, for some people, that's spirituality, religion. And I've found throughout my process and for people that I've worked with, it's it's actually pretty hard to live life really in your power if you don't have some aspect of that. Uh,
1: Even if it's community or family, yeah. like it doesn't, and that's what I'm saying is it's a little bit broader for me than just like my faith because I don't have a very churchy faith. Um, but it, it is like, I do believe my life has a purpose. I do believe that we're loved and forgiven. And I, I do believe that I was led here. I don't think that it was like my own idea to become a coach. I don't think it was my own idea to have a business. And so taking on a collaborative mindset, whether Mm. it's collaborating with family, collaborating with the universe, collaborating with being a part of a whole, like what you're saying. And I love your take on it. It's slightly different than mine, but you're still, you are saying, how do I make this impact, right? How do I live my purpose? It's almost the same thing. What am I here to do or help facilitate is like, Oh, I love it! It literally gets me fired up. I can't sit still.
0: Yes, dude. Yeah, e- exactly. And that's that's it. Because like I, the the word I use for when we're talking about like spirituality and stuff is I just I, I like the big picture because exactly I, I feel very similar to what you were saying in terms of it's less about like faith or religion necessarily. Yes, that can mm-hmm. be a, a rooting, grounding part of it for sure, but yeah. it's more of Knowing where you fit in in the grander scheme of things, because if your life is the 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 biggest thing, the biggest problem, the biggest Mm -hmm. things that you're tackling, it's incredibly overwhelming and it's just going to (laughs) smash you really fucking fast. But to be able to zoom out, create a little bit of perspective, for one, it, it. It helps to relieve a lot of stress and anxiety about like how bad your problems are and what you are struggling with. So it creates perspective, but it also allows you the opportunity to ground in, okay, I am a piece of this bigger thing. And like you said, it doesn't need to be the world or as God's child or like anything that serious, as much as it could Mm -hmm. be within my family structure, I am an important piece you know either a, a son or or a husband or whatever it is and being like i need to be able to do x or i need to start living my life in x way in order to fulfill that role yes and then i think the final thing i want to say about this too because standing in your power for me is all of this 100% plus knowing yourself truly, Mm -hmm. and being able to come back to that. And I think that's kind of what we were talking around a little bit, but really understanding that. And and a lot of what I kind of preface to people, especially when people are like, oh, like what is life coaching? Or what do you do? Or how do you help people? I'm like, I help you become more you. Mm -hmm. Because the thing that you are right now, the you that you are, if you are unhappy and feeling stuck, you aren't actually you. You've built a lot of layers Mm. on what you are and you aren't somewhere out there. You're right here, but you need to peel these layers off in order to get back to yourself. And so for me, that's a big part of standing in your power is knowing who you really are on a deep level and having that connection. So this to me, it's like a, it goes, it's like a bi-directional thing. You have to have this connection with the bigger picture, the the grander scheme of things, but you also need to be deeply rooted in who you are. And if you don't know that, and these things can play off of each other. So, you know, try to get a better feel of both of these things and it'll likely inform the other one, but you have Mm -hmm. to, at least to me, those are very, very important.
1: Yeah. Ben, can I take that one step further and say like, Love that and love that you just said that they're like intermingled, right? And one, one clarity in one brings clarity in the other. So, so, so true. It's like what I was just saying about faith and feeling led is when you're questioning who you are or when you're questioning your role or when you're questioning your power, you have to have a place or a thing that you go to to get grounded and step outside yourself, whether it's letting scripture wash over you, Like she is fearfully and wonderfully made. Like that is comforting to me. That is like cold water on a bad day. Right. And, um, for somebody else. And, and for me, it's like, maybe I need to go outside and take myself out of my four walls and just see a sunset or see a sunrise or hear my feet on a dirt trail or take the phone and put it in airplane mode and just go for a walk. Right? Like what is the thing that you're going to do? Is it a physical practice? Is it a spiritual practice? Is it meditation is it yoga that's going to bring you back to that sense that everything is actually okay that sense that you're in a growth season like if you're questioning this get ready to grow keep asking the questions keep seeking and seek is an action word right we can't just sit and be like well I don't really know what it is so it's gonna like do nothing no go seek and how do you seek you go hike you go to yoga you go journal you go talk to, like real talk like talk like this with your friends you know not just talk about politics and the weather and football, but actually talk. And I just think that that's like those three things. You'll never be super, super lost. You'll always be right near the path. If you do those three things, I love that.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) that, that, that piece of it just struck me and this is a little bit more cliche in terms of like the way that people speak about this kind of thing, but it's like unplugging from the matrix and, and just being for a second. And knowing, Mm -hmm. and I like what we've both kind of been saying here is like, we've been sharing what's meaningful to us, but also giving giving space for the fact that for each individual, there are different things that work. Like conceptually, these are kind of like the higher level things that you need to like pick and choose, Mm -hmm. which, you know, within those things, which pieces you're going to use. But what I was hearing from you is like knowing what those things are for you, you have to start. Yeah, which learning. avenue? Yeah, mm-hmm. what are those things that are grounding for you? What are those tools, those habits, those practices? Start knowing what allows you to unplug from this like perfect life that you're trying to put together because perfect is a lie. Nobody has their shit all together. It's it's and and like you said too, being able to just kind of like breathe, like literally, figuratively breathe and not Mm -hmm. be so plugged into all your fears and all the stresses get outside that's that's my favorite for sure like get outside as soon as I do that literally within 10 seconds I feel better that's all it takes and and you know longer than that's great but like so finding those things for you faith outdoors time with family phone on silent mode like you have to start incorporating those things otherwise nothing is going to change or you're going to continue to kind of grind your gears of like i'm just stuck i'm just unhappy yeah it's it's all part of um, coming back to yourself
1: and it's like don't wait to buy an umbrella when it's raining right <laughs> like like try the grounding practices before you think you need them so that when you need them you have some exposure to oh i know where our local yoga studio is or oh, I know where the hiking trail is or something. Like, I think it's so important to dig up those, those bucket-filling things, even on the days when maybe you, you're you not questioning your identity or you're not questioning your worth. Like, so that on the days you do, you like what you just said, you know yourself well enough to be like, I just need to go outside. <laughs> or like, I just need to act my I think that's so amazing.
0: And the beauty of that too is that once you start focusing on those things, that's easier to tackle than what is my purpose? Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because we, we both are like very rooted in that and, you know, that's a piece of what we do, but it's like starting there can be really overwhelming. And as soon as you start to find these things that do work for you, that do bring you joy is such a huge thing that I work with, with people, because Uh, we just, we aren't taught to be okay with joy and to seek out joy. What are the things that bring you joy? Because as you start to do this, as you start to know the things that work for you, they're breadcrumbs on that trail back to yourself and knowing yourself. And then all of a sudden the question of what's my purpose, who am I? These like really big things start to come more easily because you get these little bits and pieces and can start putting them together until one day you're like, oh man, I'm meant to be a coach. I'm meant to like help people in this way and do this thing. And so a lot of people want the big light bulb moment. And from my experience, both myself and with people that I've connected with, clients, the light bulb moments usually come through like really hard life experiences. And so if you don't want to, if you don't want that to be the way that you, find yourself and your purpose, uh, you, like Lissa said, you need to start carving out space to figure out these things for yourself right here, right now.
1: 100%.
0: Oh man. So many, so many good things here. Um, I do have a couple kind of like more pointed questions I wanted to throw out to you here at the end. And then we'll just kind of, you know, if you have anything that you really want to drive home at the end, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, you by the it. way, how, how are you for time? Are you? Do you have to get off right at the hour?
1: Um, I have until one fifteen.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Some of the questions, let's see. I pulled them up here. I'm going to start with, and I have a feeling you could probably do a podcast on this alone, but <laughs> if you can throughout your journey and we, cause we didn't even really hit on that part of your life. Um, like where you lost the job, the boyfriend, that like really kind of intense period. So I'm imagining that maybe this is within there, but what are one to two of the most difficult moments along your journey?
1: Mm, losing my dad was definitely my lowest point. Um, Yeah. So it was actually not the breakup itself. It was like six months afterwards where I was in an apartment. I didn't like in a town. I didn't like working a job. I didn't like feeling like feeling like he took that from me in a way. Like Mm -hmm. I had so much hope built in us and in what we would do. And someday we're going to and X, Y, Z. And it felt like when he left all of those things left and he took my some of my worth, or some of my perceived, like, lovability with him, like, I was questioning things, like, am I worthy of love, because he made it seem like I wasn't, and I was, like, why am I here, because I had moved to that town to be closer to him, like, things like that, and so it was, like, those nights of working in a restaurant, coming home at 11 p.m. to a cold, dark apartment, for what, right, it felt like I was doing all this digging, and not getting anywhere, and that season, of quietness. I also one of my best friends and I were in a disagreement. It was all related to the breakup. And another one just like fell off the face of the earth. Mm. So I had lost two of my best girlfriends and my boyfriend all in the same season. And I was just like, I think I'm just supposed to go be with the barbell and make money right now. But it was a lonely. Um, and then when I was 15, I lost my dad and it was a motorcycle accident and it was super sudden. Obviously, you don't get any notice when things like that happen. So that was super hard, and that made me really look at me and what I cared about and what I didn't care about and Did I believe what I said I believed like when the rubber meets the road, do you still stand in your beliefs was that lesson um yeah, those were definitely two of the hardest,
0: yeah, I totally feel that, and it's I was going to follow up but you you basically mentioned it was find that through those moments, even in the darkest pieces of it, usually on the other side of that, there is something right. That, that, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have a turning point and it's like, I learned this, have this insight. Um, and you kind of mentioned that, was there anything on top of, like you said, you you know, gave you space to like really look at you and like what you were going to stand in. Were there any other pieces to that? Or was that pretty much the the main part of it.
1: Um, I mean, that breakup forced me to lean into my own independence, right? Like, and it it forced me to look at my dreams that we had and and discern were they my dream or were they our dream or were they his dream? And what I needed to figure out there was what of the stuff I said I wanted with him did I actually still want, and and what stuff was kind of like tacked on the list for me. Right. And so I realized that I am open to, but not attached to being a wife and I am open to, but not attached to being a mother. I do not find my identity in those things. And if that's what life has for me, that's what it has. But in the season with him, I was so intent on being a wife and having kids with him. And da, 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 da. And the other thing is, you know, we said we wanted to travel and we said we wanted to get on the road. And I was like, Holy crap, I'm doing this without you. I'm doing it anyway. Right. So here we are all these years later, it's coming full circle. Um, I wanted a cabin and I wanted to like be nomadic. And so I just started, it was so sad. You know, I went through like this phase of, yo, I'm still going to do all of this and you're not going to be here. And that's sad, but I'm doing it anyway, because it's still my dream. And so like, this is the four year later, fast forward of that. And it's like, I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but if he hears about this, he's going to be like, Oh shit, she did it. Right. (laughs) Like that's the goal. And it's not for him. It's for me. It's because I discerned that that actually was my dream. And I I thank him for what he sparked in me and what he revealed in me and what he allowed me to see that, yo, you do want this. And no, you don't want that. And 2020 hindsight, I'm thankful. Like I could not have the life I have with him as my partner. Um, So he also showed me what I do and do not want in a partner. And the problem for a while was a lot of what he was, was what I wanted. and So feeling Mm -hmm. like I lost somebody who was very right for me was a super hard lesson. Um, But now I've been blessed with Mr. Zavi D and he is like beyond my wildest dreams. And he does have a lot of those same qualities. Like I think when we date, we always observe like, you know, I really do like this about this person. Like he was affectionate and he was encouraging and he was super like talkative. Like that's what I want in a person. And then there was other things where you're like, he used to leave like random trash in his vehicle. Like, I don't want that in a person. Like these are like little, I'm not going to bash him here, but you know what I mean? It's just like, so, so that, that taught me a ton. And then my dad, what I learned from my dad passing away in one sentence is like, you got to live your legacy because life is urgent it's urgent. It's happening now. And you, it's so cliche, but you don't know. You don't know if you have 41 years, like he did or a hundred. And so it's like, I might be more than halfway done right now and not know it. Like, am I moving fast enough? It lit a fire under my ass. And it also, it also made me want to continue his spirit in the world. So I'm Mm. his only child. Um, I have more siblings, but they're half. And so it was like, I better kind of keep. He was a rebel. He was a badass. He was a biker. He was covered in tattoos, <laughs> um, and he was super creative and he was a super hard worker. So continuing that legacy and really embodying that part of myself um, for a long time had me super in my masculine right. Hustle, hustle. Provide, provide. Nobody's gonna provide for you. You lost your boyfriend. You lost your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to stick up for you. And it caused me to be really far into the masculine. Um, And now I'm swinging back and finding the yin and the yang with like, you'll always be provided for if you use your gifts and you deserve to go play and you deserve to be creative and creative is more of a feminine energy. I think that like, you have to get into a state of play to even brainstorm or like brain dump. So really pulling that back in together with the hustle. And now I feel like I'm dangerous, right? Now I feel like every day the devil you know sees me get up and he's like, oh no, she's up. Like, what is she going (laughs) to do today? Right? Like, I just feel like I'm like, um breathing light and and love as i go about my aligned business my divine appointments whatever you want to call it but it's been so powerful but when i look at where that drive came from where that grit came from where that strength came from where the insight came from of like you think this is a bad day oh honey like i've seen worse days <laughs> like, i know a bad day when i see one like that all came from him and so they both have produced a tremendous amount of beauty in my life and a tremendous amount of strength and a tremendous amount of resilience. And I am grateful. I am so grateful, even for the shit, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. So, so good. And then I just love with that being able to, like, you just summed it up beautifully, and that through those moments, we grow and we, we can root deeper into ourselves and our purpose. And, um, you know, it doesn't take the pain away or invalidate any piece of that, right. but you can now transmute that pain into something greater, into something bigger. And you're the, you know, your energy, like, as you were talking, it was just like, bam. And, <laughs> and I love that because it's just, it just I mean, you're truly embodying what you were saying. And it's, that's what I find is like allowing those, you know, if those things do happen to you and we're human, we have dark moments. Let Mm -hmm. those things, like figure out how to transmute that instead of staying stuck. That's the one thing I love, like talking to people and hearing these like really intense pieces of your life because the people that, grow and do amazing things. It's not because they didn't suffer or go through something difficult. It's because mm-hmm. they figured out how to use that for themselves mm-hmm. and to not get stuck in that.
1: Because it's oh, very yeah.
0: easy to do that, but it's just so so powerful to 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 bring that forward. So, thank you for sharing all that. I really really appreciate that.
1: 100%. You got to break the stagnancy and and move through it, not just go through it. Um, I love that. Love what you just said so much. I feel like I had another thing that came to mind while you were speaking. I think just that I literally, quite literally, when you were saying about feeling stuck and feeling like you're just like, you've been given a situation, right? And you feel stuck in it and you feel like it was handed to you. Life deals us all cards. This is a little cliche, but I'll, I'll bring it full circle with one of the tattoos on my arm. It's like, we're all dealt cards all the time they're not all going to be aces. Sometimes they're going to be twos, right? Like depending what game you're playing, you probably don't want a two. Um, We're all dealt the card of immortality and the card of immortality is on my arm in a hand. Um, And the card of immortality represents you. We all get to create something that lasts beyond us that lasts in our relationship with others. Like what did we imprint on those around us or what art did we make or what project did we start or what thing did we participate in that's going to continue to go on. And so it goes back to the whole, like looking beyond yourself thing is, what are you creating? That's undying. And if your answer, if your legacy card is blank, right, it's time to get something on there. Mm. I want to create, even if it's something as simple as I want to create a legacy of adventure. Okay. Like this is for real. One of my examples. I want my sisters, my mom, my stepdad, my friends, my boss, when I worked to see how easy it is to go take a weekend somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to forget that. So I'm constantly trying to instill that and share that with people and bring people into that experience, right? So starting to host retreats, starting to actually extend the invite, yo, meet up here, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like just getting people out. I don't know. I'm on a tangent. I'll bring it back. I'll let you ask me whatever you want to ask me, but I just had to say it.
0: Well, I love that because it fits perfectly with what we were talking about before, which is when you start thinking about legacy, it immediately does what we are talking about. is like zooming out from mm-hmm. who you are and your immediate situation. And it's, you're getting a view of the bigger picture when you're asking yourself that question. So yeah. I absolutely love that tattoo. Super cool. Just like- something like I love being rooted in that and coming back to that um I actually oh man I like that I kind of (laughs) want to finish with that but I'm I'm going to come back to that in a second uh I'm trying to see I want to pick like one more of these okay so i'm looking for one instance of when you so i'm a big fan of connecting to the body right we're so disconnected we're in our heads and we're disconnected from our body and so so much of i believe living a life that you feel super aligned with and that you love is and part of that coming back to yourself which i've described is being able to cultivate a connection with your intuition and not just always be in your head. So I'm curious if you have an example of one time that you used your intuition to make a decision that didn't look quite that good on paper, but you just knew that it was the right thing. And how scary was it and then how did it turn out?
1: Yeah. Um I want to think about this. Using leading you're talking about leading with intuition versus leading with like strategy and ration right 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 oh god I feel like this is like almost how I live my life so (laughs) Um, I'm an ENFJ for those of you guys who like get into that stuff and so feeling right is is very intuition-esque um
0: yeah I'm an INFJ by the way
1: oh rad this is where (laughs) we get along so I don't know I feel like every time I plan a trip I lead with that intuition and and You know, you get somewhere and like, it doesn't feel quite right. Or it does. And and you can, you can use that to navigate. Like that's the first example that's coming to mind. But as far as decision-making goes, I mean, quitting that job was definitely not rational on paper. It was like, no, no health insurance, no plans. No, I had no mentor even like, it's not like someone was like, oh, quit your job. I'll teach you how to do this. Like I had no resources (laughs) and no money. And it was just like, this is a thing. Right. And so leading with that and then similarly, last August, um, no, two August ago, this was a super pivotal. This was the end of me hurting from that breakup was two August ago. I traveled by myself Mm -hmm. for almost a month, all the way to L.A. from Philadelphia, down to Phoenix, back to Atlanta, drove my truck all the way down to Atlanta and back alone and that was not rational right a girl traveling the u.s by herself oh my god like I got so much crap for that but I was like this is what I need to go do and I I do I felt super empowered I felt super um relaxed oddly enough like I didn't have to worry about a bunch of sets of opinions and needs I just worried about myself obviously I kept my head on a swivel in the cities and things like that but um yeah that wasn't not strategic and rational. That was definitely intuition of, yo, I need to go do this thing to just be by myself for three weeks. I mean, I don't know anyone else who's um, experienced that if they had the same experience, but how beneficial that was too. It's the whole getting still to hear, even if you're in motion, that you are not having, having a conversation on the plane. And so by default, you are with your own thoughts or you're not having a conversation while driving. And so by default, you're feeling into the music and you're praying and you're what, whatever you do when you drive, daydream, right? And I needed that space big time.
0: Love that. No, it's such a such a great, uh, like I, I feel like you you were talking out loud for a second and then you finally like came to one, so like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that, you know, a big part of my audience struggles with the intuition piece. They're disconnected from, themselves in terms of making decisions. It is very like black and white on paper pros and cons list for everything. So I Mm. like giving real world examples from people of like when they did something really scary and that didn't quite like add up on paper, totally makes sense, but like yielded a, you know, a big reward on the other side of it. And you pretty much finish with that just being like, it was an incredibly empowering experience and it just felt so good and so right and so, yeah, just hammering home the fact that the things that you choose to do won't always come from rationale that sometimes you just have to go with your gut and listen to what feels right for you.
1: Follow your hunches. This is a thing I preach like to no end. <laughs> and that's just another way to say follow your intuition. But yep. sometimes people are like, what's my intuition? What's my third eye? They like don't like the word and they, yes. they freak out because it sounds big and like advanced or right? it sounds like advanced spirituality stuff follow your hunches sounds like if you're driving and you want to turn left where you usually go straight you should probably turn left maybe there's a really good farm stand or hiking trail down that road that you've never seen before or maybe you're going to bump into a friend if you stop at x restaurant on the way home or it's like those maybe i should moments where you go all right i'm gonna instead of like no i should be here at a certain time in xyz and you're so married to your schedule and you're so married to your routine like it's it's usually those moments of random curiosity that are wholesome right they're not like let me go cheat on my partner (laughs) moments they're like I just want to know like you get curious and when you can follow your curiosity and your hunch it'll usually lead you in a direction if you feel like you should go do something and it's wholesome you should
0: yeah hope all all you rule followers and (laughs) Routine followers stick by the book bah, bah, by bah, what bah, you bah, normally do airborne. Yeah, <laughs> are listening to that because uh, yeah, 100%. And it's funny because, uh, so you say, follow your hunches. I say, follow your energy or mm-hmm. follow what feels good. Yeah. And so often just that little, that's, that's that little shift, right? Like, cause I totally agree. The intuition thing is important conceptually, but if that word, doesn't resonate with you or doesn't kind of like make sense it doesn't need to like start tuning into your energy your hunches and and what's feeling good Mm -hmm. the final question I want to ask you and I'm excited to do this for the first time because
1: oh man
0: yeah um because this is new to like season two and really it's funny because I like as I was getting really intentional about what I wanted to do this season kind of change things up level it whatever I realized like I have this deep belief that we all have a gift, a superpower, something that we and only we can offer in our own special way, which is why the podcast is named Why the World Needs You. What I realized is that I wasn't really allowing or talking directly to guests about what that is for them, because what I want people to feel is that they have this thing. But the other important piece of this is not only do they have this, I want you to stand in that unapologetically. So perfect for what our theme was today, which is staying, standing in your power and owning that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at least with the people that I work with, there's a tendency to, uh, there's, there's a fear of coming off as arrogant. And so it's kind of this toxic humility and mm. never standing in their power. So um, I love that this is this conversation is going to kick off the, the 2021 season for this. But the question for you is then, what is your superpower? Why does the world need you? What does Lissa Scott bring to it?
1: Yeah, so I am a traveler. I am a wanderer. I am an adventurer. I am a wanderer off the beaten path And if you need a mentor to help you wander off the beaten path, I am really good at sitting with you and helping you identify your gifts, identify your ideal reality and reverse engineering that thing. I'm a really good synthesizer and extractor. When I sit and talk with a person can usually help them to get to those places rather quickly or at least quicker than they would. Had they not had the conversation, right? It might, I might just ask one question that leads to a brain dump for them, or I might just ask one question or point out one thing. I saw you were nervous about that. What's your body language doing? Could be anything just holding up the mirror for other people to live their boldest, create most creative life. You know, it's like, I don't want you guys, I say, there's no lukewarm living around here. And I don't want you to just live another run-of-the-mill life, right? Rip on life. That's the slogan. That's the motto. That's the vision. So I help people rip on life um, in in whatever what that looks like for them. It might look different from mine, but yeah, I help you venture off the beaten path for sure.
0: Oh, awesome. Beautiful soundbite. <laughs> um, <clears throat> love it. It's just so good. And so, you know, the, the world, we just so need that. We need more people like you opening that up for people. Mm-hmm. And yes. So speaking of, um, Alyssa, where can people get in contact with you? Um, whether it is just to connect or to work with you, where do you, why do you want to send them?
1: Yeah. So DMs are always open. I love talking to people. If something in this episode stirred up something for you and it hit home or you have a question or whatever, feel free to head over to Instagram. It's at maximum potency. My name is Lissa Scott. Um, that's my business account. My, the one I'm on all the time. I also have another one that's a little under the radar. It's like me out of work, right? Uh, at wild hippie kid. If you want to pop over and see what my regular life is like, you can look at that as well. Um, yeah. And then my website is life at maximum And my podcast is a maximum potency podcast. So Come
0: hang. The door is open. Awesome. and I'm going to link all that stuff below here for everybody to easily access. Lisa, thank you so, so much. This has been Bye. an absolute pleasure. Thank you for hanging out today.
1: Ben, thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below as well as that of our free Facebook community. Where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.